Welcome to the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I'm Jennifer Silliman, and this show is continuing the conversations started in the award-winning first-ever documentary film about maternal mental health. My journey as an advocate began through the power of storytelling. With this podcast, I hope to create a community of women and professionals sharing their own powerful narratives to let others know they're not alone and help is out there. Keep in mind that some of the stories you will hear may be triggering, but it's important they be told. This podcast is not a replacement for professional help from a licensed medical provider. If you or someone you know is suffering due to a maternal mental health condition, please contact your medical provider or call or text message the Postpartum Support International Helpline at 1-800-944-4773. Now let's continue the conversation. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Dark Side of the Full Moon podcast. I am here today with Kiara Townley. She is a spiritual coach for moms-to-be. She lives in Portland, Oregon, and she helps moms-to-be to let go of their anxiety and align with their soul's path so that they can enjoy the powerful gift of motherhood. Hi there. Welcome. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that you reached out. Um, you know, I, I I read some of your some of your blogs, some of your most recent posts, and I'm just we're gonna touch on all kinds of things today. So I'm like really, really, really excited to dive into this. I know you're gonna start with just kind of sharing your story, and it's and it's so interesting because almost every single person I interview on this podcast, it's the experience leads to an either another career or, you know, helping moms, you know, get through, um, what you've experienced yourself. And it's such a powerful experience that we want to pay it forward because we don't want any other mom to experience that. Um, you have done a blog post about if, uh, whether or not postpartum depression is preventable. So we're definitely going to touch on that. Um, you do tarot card readings. Like this is, I'm, I am, I have goosebumps. Like I'm so excited to talk about this with you. Um, so I am going to give you the floor. Um, just tell us about your, your, um, your experience, um, after giving birth. Yeah. So, well, um, I wasn't born with maternal instincts. Okay. So let's start from that. I didn't see myself as a mom. Eventually, you know, it came a time with my partner to, um, expand the love, you know, that that's how I call it. You know, it's like at some point in the couple, there's so much love and you just want to expand it. And so you decide to have a child. Right. Um, and so it was a decision that we, we took together and, uh, and we were happy, right? And so we got, we were really lucky, blessed. We got, I got pregnant right away. Um, and, uh, but I wasn't like ready for the emotional turmoil of it, you know? And starting from the pregnancy, I didn't like it. You know, it wasn't something that I expected to go that way. I had morning sickness. I don't know why they call it morning because it really was all day for three months. I could, I probably could function like a couple of hours a day, like um, just right after breakfast and there is more breakfast. And then I was, uh, I had, um, you know, a nausea all day. So I didn't like the experience. Um, and then after that, after the three months, 
um, the nausea was replaced by acid reflux throughout all the pregnancy. So I didn't throw up like maybe a couple of times, just a couple of times, but um, I always had that urge. I couldn't eat that much. So even when hunger came back, so I hated the experience, to be honest. I was like almost angry with my body and was like, why is my body reacting this way? So I resisted, I rejected, I complained a lot, which is really not like a great attitude to start with. So when the time came to give birth, I just wanted the baby out you know, um, and so I went for an induction. Uh, the baby was late, but you know, some people decide to wait a little bit longer. I was like, just get it out, you know. Um, so, so I got the induction and things were progressing pretty quickly. Uh, and at some point the head of my son got stuck. So after pushing for four hours, they told me I had to go through um, a C-section. And that was my worst case scenario. I am really scared of invasive procedures, any kind. I don't like going to the doctor. So for me, it was like manifesting the nightmare. Um, so I couldn't process at the, at the moment. Like uh, I just went into the surgery room and I could keep it together there for some reason. <laughs> but then after the surgery, I had like a panic attack. Like I just couldn't process what had happened to me. I was like, what? happened uh, they wanted to put the baby on my chest I didn't want him um, I just wanted to be alone with my grief essentially um, and as you know it's not something that you can do right because you have to you know my husband with that was very supportive but then you have to start breastfeeding and um, and you know feeding the baby and you don't have time for yourself like to go through something so emotionally challenging and um the first three months were um okay because you know my husband was there he had time off so it was great um but I was recovering from the c-section and it's a hard recovery you know it's um for women who have been through it they know what I'm talking about but it takes like a couple of weeks to walk straight um turning in the middle of the night is hell um it's just really, really hard um, to just process physically and emotionally. So, so I was able to recover from that, right? Physically, nothing went wrong, like my body recuperated. But um, when my husband went back to work, that's when the anxiety for me kicked in because I couldn't see myself alone with the baby. I was like, I'm not gonna do this. Like I just, sometimes struggle to take care of myself. How am I gonna take care of another being and keep this being alive? And so I started to have really strong anxiety with panic attacks and intrusive thoughts, but now I can tell you the labels, right? That the medical field gives to it. But at the time I didn't have the language. I didn't know what was happening to me. So I told my husband something is going on um, and I wasn't new to anxiety in my life, you know, but it manifested in a way that was very, very strong and I didn't know what to do. I talked to my husband and I, I said, I don't know what's going on. I just have this really strong anxiety. And um, so I booked like an appointment with my OB to talk about it. And I booked it and she referred me to like a counselor and I had booked an appointment at that point, but there was something about it that didn't sit well with me. Like the idea of talking about how I felt, some women, feel better you know because they're like for me it was identifying with what I was feeling it was like it's more real like and on one side some some people may argue it's good because that's how you feel but it wasn't the path for me 
So again, it's very subjective. For me, the more I talk about how like these negative feelings, the more they they seem real to me. And so I I didn't want that, and I knew that um, it wasn't me. I knew it was somehow my inside of me. I knew it was temporary because I've always been like someone very positive, very like in love with life, and I was like, I don't know, you know, how to deal with this, but I'll find a way. And so. Eventually, you know, I wanted to talk to other women who had gone through the same thing. So I went to Facebook groups and, but the more I, I reached out, the more I was like, I don't know if I want to hear and absorb the experiences of other people. I don't know if it's right for me. So eventually when, like, I decided to just sit down. Uh, I was doing meditation, you know, I was familiar obviously with mindfulness practices. I was like, let me just, um, just breathe and, and start to just really feel my body and like my emotions and, and really try to understand by myself what's going on. And so I had read a lot, I had studied uh, the, the chakra system uh, for many years, but it was more like, you know, you read books, you study something, but you don't integrate it. Like it's not yours, you know? So I tried to, to put it in, into practice and I was like, let me just use the chakra system as a guide to see where the tension is located in the body. And so, when I stop at the heart, um, for me, it was all that. It was like a weird, like, pressure on it. And, and so following the chakra system, I was like, okay, this is the center of love, right? So I clearly can't bond with my son right now. I can't connect with him. But I remember it was also about self-love. And I was like, wait a minute. When you start to think that you're not going to be a good mom, that you're going to do something stupid, that you're not going to be able to keep your son alive, you think you're a bad person, so you lose love for yourself. Like, it's the consequence of those thoughts. And I was like, oh my God, like, it was a realization for me. I was like, I lost love for myself. That, that's where the problem is. And so instead of trying to rationalize it, like, I work with, um, with spirit, like, with, like, the spiritual energy to just send love and light to the space of the heart, like, every day to just focus on that space and just tell myself I love myself you know, through affirmations and these practices, I miraculously healed myself. <laughs> so I didn't need um, to book with a counselor or anything. It, it didn't take that long, but it took a little bit, you know, but then I was uh, almost that realization of loss of self-love was 50% of healing for me already. So, so, so that's kind of like the experience in a nutshell. <laughs> I love that. I think that's just so amazing. And then this is what, this is what you then implement for other moms to be right. Going through all the chakras and doing all of that. So I'm just curious to know what, what feedback you've gotten from the moms that you work with. Yeah, I think that many people are just not familiar with the chakras and how powerful they can be in helping us understand the root cause of what is going on. So I studied it from the psychological point of view, but also like I am intuitive. So I kind of like put together these this two parts and I realized it's very powerful to help people um, get into the root cause. So uh, the reaction is usually about like um, really surprised about where the root cause may be um, so that it may be something uh, like psychology teaches us right in the way we grew up during childhood and just things that patterns that tend to repeat and they create this blockage so I think it's always like 
really amazing to see how people react to this is what is going on, you know, to the way the chakra explain it. I think it's fascinating. I think that's uh, what people like the most, you know, about it. Yeah, that's so, that's so interesting. Um, yeah, I, I just, I absolutely love that. Um, so I know you work with moms one-on-one um, as well, um, you know, with all of these things. Um, how do they, for me, when I think about everything that we just talked about, it's just not the norm, right? Like, it's not like, this isn't something that moms are like, oh yeah, I could probably need to like get in touch with my chakras. That's probably going to be what I need. It's not the norm. It's not like, they're not like, okay, so let me find this spiritual coach, you know, and, and whatnot. So I'm curious to know, not so much how they find you, but you know, what, what kind of moms are attracted to this? I mean, are these moms that have, um, you know, tried other things and are just like, nothing's working for me? Are they moms that really want to go a more holistic way and, and not, you know, not do the medication route and things like that? Because there's always so much, I don't want to say controversy, but there's always so much talk about treatment, right? So what treatments work, um, you know, even your blog about whether or not postpartum depression is preventable. I mean, you will have people out there that say there's no way you can prevent it. It's a, it's something that happens in your brain. You know, it's a chemical, whatever, you know, it's just, that'd be like saying, trying to prevent cancer, you know, like if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Um, so I'm just curious, like how, how you go about, you know, addressing the critics really, like, you know, how, how do you break through, that mindset of what, what normal is and, and that there are, are, there are alternatives to what the mainstream kind of pushes, um, on moms that are going through this. I think there's a huge barrier still. I think that many, many therapists are still gatekeepers and, uh, you know, they started a lot and they, spent many years and so it's hard to tell someone hey you know what you're doing is not working so I think there's a barrier and I still feel it to be honest so a lot of what I do online is educating um, trying to educate to a different way the moms that come to me um, it varies some have uh, tried different things and they didn't work uh, like traditional therapy talk therapy and they're looking for something different because they experienced anxiety before and others are like um, they are fascinated by the spiritual world. So there is a fascination to it. They're very new to it, but they are willing to try this as something different because they're looking for like a way, a way to self-development, especially going into such a uh, huge change that is motherhood. So then how long do these moms work with you? Like, is there like a, you know, are they coming to you when they're pregnant? Are they coming to you, you know, after they've given birth and they start experiencing all of these things? I'm just, I'm just curious. My program is focused on moms-to-be because when I um, overcame my challenges, I realized that um, my heart was in prevention. So the idea is that I, because and what you said, like, um, for me, postpartum depression and anxiety is preventable because most of the people who experience it have had signals in their lives that point to that. You know, again, as you said, there's a controversy, but it's my belief, right? So I'm here to talk about what I believe. And 
Um, and so I think that through the chakra system, you can really pinpoint this, this moment. And sometimes people don't realize that, um, but they have experienced these feelings before. Sometimes at an unconscious level, uh, there are things that can come to the surface. So part of like what I do is helping these things come to the surface. But I believe that the key of the prevention is inner work. Um, I focus on anxiety, yes, but other things come out during the time we work together, which is three months. Um, and it's like, you know, there's always something we have to heal because we didn't have perfect parents. Um, we all have small or little traumas. I, for one, discovered just recently how certain things that I didn't consider traumas really, really impacted me. And so motherhood has the power to bring this stuff to the surface. And why don't, don't you work on it before? Whatever is possible, right? Because healing is an ongoing work, but why don't we at least like start to work on what we can to prepare for motherhood so that we have also tools to work, to keep on working when we become moms. So the reason why this program is for moms-to-be is because there's, my heart is in prevention. So I, through my program, I've helped moms um, just feel more confident and more um, like embracing more the experience of motherhood because it's uh, self-growth for them too. There's so much focus on the baby and my program is about the mom. It's about you and the opportunity that motherhood opens for you to develop uh, spiritually and, and spiritually connect with your child like so at a different level and that takes away so much pressure from the daily tasks um, and the responsibilities. Yeah I never even thought of it that way it, and it almost forces you for to self-care like I mean it, it, that practice is you know you're taking the time out for yourself to do these things learn more about yourself you know, and deal and process with those traumas that have happened. I'm a huge advocate on everyone who either, you know, everyone from teachers to doctors, to nurses, to spiritual coaches, anyone to really look through that lens of being trauma informed, because you're right. I mean, there are so many things, um, you know, especially like when you grow up and perhaps, you, you know, we learn parenting by how we were parented. Right. And so if we don't have that great, you know, baseline of a role model, right? We don't know, you know, we just, we kind of just do what we've been taught almost subconsciously, right? From our parents growing up. And yeah, you know, and that's one thing that personally I've worked on with my own therapist is, you know, just kind of processing and dealing with all, all those mini traumas that we don't realize affect us. And what's so interesting is that, had I dealt with all of those things before, could it have prevented my anxiety, my intrusive thoughts, my, you know, um, you know, feeling like I wasn't a great mom and that I was causing harm to my child and all of those things. Um, it just so quickly spirals out of control in that when you are a new mom, because there's just so many things going on emotionally, physically, I mean, you talked about, I had a C-section too. It was horrendous. In fact, I just, I just read something that I, it's, I'm not going to get the exact language, but it was something to the effect of a C-section is the only, it's a major surgery where they're literally taking out organs, <laughs> putting them back in and requiring you to get up and walk within 24 hours. 
I mean, that's not, that's unheard. It's barbaric treatment. Like that's unheard of. And you just got to wonder like where in our culture did that become like a standard? I mean, it's so horrific and barbaric. Um, I mean, I remember that nurse coming and going, okay, it's time to get up. And I had just been throwing up from the morphine and like I was catheterized and I had those pressure things on my legs, which by the way, no one told me any of that occurred. And I had a, and I had a, I had a, now I had a plan C-section, but I had an emergency that required us to do it a lot sooner than we were planned to do it. But I think even if I would have made it to my planned date, they wouldn't have told me any of those things that are going on. And, and that, that's very traumatic. Um, I had never had a major surgery before. Um, you know, I was taken by ambulance to the hospital before. I mean, and that itself, I'd never been in an ambulance before. I mean, how traumatic are those things? And nobody addressed any of those things. Like nobody said, it was all like, your baby's so healthy. Your baby's the biggest one in the NICU. You you should be so happy. And I'm just like, uh, I thought I was going to die today. <laughs> and it happens to be now the same day as my child's birthday, which now that's like a total... <laughs> birthdays, her birthdays are really hard for me for a while. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, I remember a year ago, you know, thinking I was either I was going to die or she was going to die or something was going to happen. Cause you know what I mean? And they just don't, none of those things are addressed. It's just so, so about the baby. And so like, as long as the baby is healthy and going to live, despite whatever's going on with mom, be happy. You'll be out of here in five days. You got this. And it's yeah. just, that is there's so no, damaging. There is no care for the mother. I mean, especially like they think about all the times, all the exams that you have to do throughout the pregnancy. And then after that, you're like, you to the mom, you're like, you're fine. You know, it's, it's insane, like learning these things. But um, the consolation that I want to give you throughout my healing journey and spiritual connection, what I, um, understood is that we got the birth we need to grow so whatever happens each one of us has an experience that we need to grow or to help other people so it's something that we have to go through so I don't know if it's consolation for me it is I know that I have to go through this because well first of all I don't know if you believe in the law of attraction but like oh yes once you talk right, to me about so, it I love it <laughs> Starting from the pregnancy, my attitude of rejecting, complaining, and for fear and like making decisions based on fear, like get me the induction, I want to get this baby out. I attracted this scenario to myself. I take full responsibility for it. But at the same time, it's my lesson. It is what I needed to grow. It is what I had to go through to help other moms. So for me, this um, gives me a lot of consolation. So I don't know if it does for you. You're doing this amazing work yourself. So see that way. I think it helps immensely. I don't know if it helps you, but I hope it does. No, I feel, I feel, absolutely. I feel the same way. I mean, my... And like I had said, you know, these, these experiences are so powerful that it really 100% changed, you know, kind of what... I was going to do with my life. I mean, it's just, it really has. And, you know, it, and I do, I, it makes me feel good that I am able to use my experience as a way to, you know, help 
other moms and, and, and I know you're doing the same and, you know, it's like, I always say it's like one person at a time to help like, you know, the, the women in their community, because it's just such, it's still, um, when I look at it, you know, the big picture of everything, there's still so many broken pieces and such, it's still such a disconnect between, um, the proper care and, and just the, the overall lack of empathy is like mind blowing to me. Like, I just, I just, I can't, I can't even put into words and fathom how people are in a field. Um, and they just don't have that like empathetic piece that, is needed for a patient to feel like they're being taken care of. And, um, I found, I mean, I found that a lot, even through my own experience. And for those of you listening to this podcast, you've likely heard the story a hundred million times, but I'm going to share it again. You know, I had, I had chosen not to breastfeed. That was one of my decisions that I just, I didn't want to breastfeed. I really just, I, for me, it would have caused too much anxiety to know that I was the sole provider of food. Like for me, that just was not going to work. Um, and so when, um, when Allie was born, she was six pounds, two ounces, but she aspirated. So they took her to the NICU. She ended up being in the NICU for 10 days. And I remember the first time going in there and remind, mind you, I was having intrusive thoughts because they started my third trimester. So I started suffering while I was pregnant and three months postpartum. Um, and I remember going into, first of all, they do not tell you anything about a NICU like that, that NICU experience was so traumatic to me. I mean, they might as well had a sign there that said, if you don't wash your hands good enough, your baby might die. Like, I mean, they should have just had a sign that said it because (laughs) that's the way I felt like at this cleaning station, like I was a surgeon scrubbing everything and making sure they're just like, you got to get every little, you know? And so I did all of that. And the charge nurse, the head nurse in the NICU was like, where's your breast milk? And I was like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not breastfeeding. What do you mean? You're not breastfeeding your baby's in the NICU you. Like, it's like the best thing that you can do for them. Why are you not doing that? And I, I was so taken back. Like I hadn't, had not even seen my baby yet. Like it had been almost 24 hours and I had not seen her yet. And, and I, and, and so it was like, she left it. It was fine. And then my mother-in-law was like, have you held her yet? And I'm like, no, she's like, all hooked up to all this stuff. They like, haven't even offered to like, have me hold her. And they're like, she's like, well, that's ridiculous. My mother-in-law was a NICU nurse for a while. So she, um, she was like, you're holding this baby. And this same nurse was like, well, if we pick her up and her little IV thing falls out, we're going to have to prick her in the heel again. And do you want us to have to keep, and it was just, you just can't believe that words like that can come out of a mouth of somebody who is supposed to be taking care of your child and educating you at the same time. Cause I had not been in the NICU, but she was so gone hell in that breast milk. Every single time I went to visit my daughter, she asked for my breast milk every time. And you just, it's, like, <laughs> uh, it, it's so frustrating. Like I will never, I will never forget that nurse. I can, I still know what she remember what she looks like. And that was 13 years ago. Um, it is it is unfortunate how so many people have negative experiences. Um, I mean, you can have obviously negative experiences. I don't even like people on the other side that push for home birth. Like, 
I, you know, everyone, to everyone their journey, but I think that if I get pregnant again, um, I would do things very differently. I would make sure that uh, I know the team that is going to take care of me. I would, I would do things differently. I can tell you that. And I wouldn't probably do all of the exams that they even recommend during pregnancy. I would choose like a couple. I don't want to be, I didn't know I could say no. And I'm learning through different movements that I'm following that you have more autonomy than you think, you know, you can't say no, you can say no, I want, they, they can't force you to do anything. But it's unfortunate because as a first experience, so many moms are clueless and they just go into the hands of this, these people and you may have a good experience, you may be a bad one, but again, hopefully we learned our lessons, right, Jennifer? Yes, yes, we did. We did. And 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 then this is all knowledge that we can pass on to new moms so that they have, you know, that they have a a much better experience. Um I'm so excited. I'm gonna reach I, I, do you do um tarot card readings for just like anyone, or is it just like moms to be or how does that work? Because I may be reaching out. <laughs> I just love it. Like I love that whole spiritual side of it. I wish I could turn my my computer around because I'm actually looking at my meditation space um, nice. in my studio, um, which I love my little seed and my candles and my my beads and and I love it. But yeah, I mean, what you're doing for moms is is amazing. And I love it. And I'm so excited that I can share this with everyone. Cause I, it's, again, it's just something that's not, it's not mainstream. So it's not talked about, you know, but I do feel that more and more and more moms are really starting to implement doulas and, you know, and doing the home birth and learning that they, you know, they can say no and, and really make the experience what they want it to be. Um, but like you said, we're so uneducated going into this that we don't, we don't know, you know, what sometimes the right decision is that we put our trust in people that we don't even really know, (laughs) you know, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So, um, replying to your question about the title, um, the way I use title is a little different, um, because I use them kind of as a wisdom tool. I, my connection with spirit is more about receiving guidance. So I'm not the, the usual title person that you ask like a specific question or like I like giving guidance and receiving what the person needs to know. In fact, like I don't do the single sessions with title, but during my program, I use the title to help with my channeling. So I do channeling, but I also use the title to get maybe a little bit more details about a situation. But in general, what I ask is like, what does the person need to know? And what are the lessons that the person, um, the soul of the person chose to learn in this lifetime. For me, it's the most important thing that we have to do in this lifetime is to learn our lessons. Our souls choose lessons that we have to learn in this lifetime based on previous lifetimes and what we didn't learn before. So when we see the patterns in in our lives that keep on coming back, those are signals that this is the lesson that we have to learn. And so we have to focus on those. Many people, when they talk about the spirituality, they focus on the soul purpose, which is great. Everyone wants to find their soul purpose. But you find your soul purpose by learning your lessons. And this is kind of what happened to me. And also what I teach, like part of the 
Another big part of the program is the soul path. So I look into what are these patterns and what are the things that you need to learn in this lifetime and how the soul of your, your, your child can assist you in that and how you can kind of help each other uh, in this lifetime. So there's like another layer of it. So the tarot is like a tool that I use in this program. I love that. I think that is such a unique and cool way to like implement all of those things. That's amazing. I love it. Well, is there, is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with before we close out? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that the best gift that you can give your child is to do work on yourself and to start early um, when you're pregnant, possibly to address those small and big traumas so that you don't pass them to your children. This is the best thing that we can do as mothers. And this is my message and the message that I like, the thing that I like saying the most, you know, because uh, inner work is the most important thing. I love it. I love it. Well, Kira, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for sharing all this with me today. I really, really do appreciate you and everything that you're doing for families. Thank you so much for the opportunity. As you said, it's not mainstream. So I'm an advocate in my own way. So I always appreciate when someone is open and gives me a platform to talk about this. Absolutely. We'll put all of the details in the podcast episode notes so you guys can click on and and learn more about uh, Kiara. And yeah, I'm so excited. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.